I mean, I just want to know if Kevin Durant knows what he did to himself by joining a 73 and nine team that knocked out his previous team. I feel like he doesn't understand. Can someone please explain it to him? What's up? This is the Keegan Stewart Sports Podcast. We're in Lubbock, Texas. Isn't it sad that we already know, essentially, who's going to win the NBA Finals? I mean, if you just look at finals matchups from the last 18 years, there's a few that kind of stand out to you and go, okay, well, I really think this team's going to win. That team doesn't have much of a shot. But you still couldn't completely count that other team out. You couldn't. I mean, this is professional basketball. You just can't count guys out. I just feel like this one has a different flavor to it, a flavor unlike any other finals matchup we've ever seen. I mean, this thing's already over, right? I mean, what's the best chance somebody's given the Cavs that you've heard? Five games? Vegas says it's going to be a sweep. My dad tells me Jay Williams on ESPN's picking Cleveland. Good for him. Good for him. I had the chance to meet him earlier this semester. Really nice guy. I'd like to hear what Jay says. I'd like to hear why what Jay sees that elevates Cleveland over Golden State. You know what would have been a more compelling matchup? Boston and Golden State. Uh, sorry, LeBron was just too good. Listen, Boston was the better team in the Eastern Conference Finals. Better team. They were the better team. Better coach, younger talent, more dynamic, could play defense better. They just did not have LeBron James. They just did not have the best player on the floor. Sometimes, when you have that once-in-a-generation type player, he can win you a series that you're not supposed to win. And now he gets rewarded by getting to go against the best team ever assembled. Outmatched at almost every position, except LeBron. At every position, you look at Golden State's side and say, yeah, I'd rather have that guy. Except for LeBron. I mean, which position would you swap for? There's not one of them. Would you even swap Kevin Love? Would you swap Kevin Love? I don't know. I'm not sure if he fits what Golden State's looking to do. When you say, man, you're really really puffing up Golden State here, man. Houston almost beat him. Yes, Houston almost beat them, and that was extremely surprising. That was extremely surprising. That was one of, that was almost one of the greatest upsets in recent memory. That would have been incredible. They were in a position to get it done and they couldn't get it done. Look, CP3 out, they still they still didn't get it done. Game 6, 10-point lead at the half, Houston had. Game 7, 10-point lead at the half, Houston had. They didn't get it done. If they would have, it would have been one of the most incredible upsets that we've ever seen. So here we are. Cavs Warriors Part 4, the most unique and the least intriguing of the four matchups in the last four years. The Warriors, a team we are fully expect we fully expected them to be here. And a Cav, a Cavs team, we weren't sure if they're going to be here, but a Cleveland Cavaliers team that's never been more dependent on LeBron James. I'd like to go on the record by prefacing this with I would with listen, I would never be more happy to be wrong. I would never be more happy to be wrong about this. But Warriors in five. Cleveland Cavaliers, I would like to invite you to enjoy your final series 
with LeBron James. This is the Keegan Stewart Sports Podcast. Happy to be with you. Game one of the NBA Finals is tonight. Cavs and Warriors, fourth year in a row. But as you know, this show takes place in Lubbock, Texas, where Texas Tech basketball is a monumental thing. And we're coming off what is potentially our most successful season ever. With that being said, I'm happy to welcome, via phone call, Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney was the most coveted grad transfer this offseason and, and ultimately committed to Texas Tech, going to be playing for them this next year. Really excited to join them. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be on. Matt, so what was it uh, about Texas Tech that ultimately elevated themselves over, you know, a Creighton, Arizona State, Northwestern, Utah State? What was it that put them at the top of your list? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of really good options and um, a lot of good, uh, a lot of really good coaches recruiting me. You know, legendary coaches and potentially Hall of Fame coaches. So it was, uh, it was definitely a different experience for me and a hard, hard process, but. Uh, Texas Tech just felt like a situation I couldn't pass up on. I, I feel like um, like they believe in me, and I believe in that coaching staff and what they got going on down there. And uh, they got great resources to help uh, their players get better every day. And uh, I just felt like it was a good situation for me to get to Lubbock, get away from you know, uh, and get away from you know, home and people that know me, and you know, kind of put myself in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation is being away from everything and you know when I went to South Dakota that worked out good for me so felt like it would uh it was a good fit for me down in Texas Tech and excited to play for Coach Beard. Matt have you moved down to Lubbock yet? No I'm going down there on Sunday. Sunday very cool. Sunday I'll get down there. Good deal. Were you watching Texas Tech in their tournament run this last March when when they made it to the Elite Eight? And if so, were you already kind of thinking about this is a place I can go? And what stood out to you about watching them last tournament? Yeah, I uh, I watched them a little bit. I mean, at that point in time, I didn't I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I hadn't made up my mind that I was going to leave South Dakota, so I had no clue that I was going to end up at, at Texas Tech or that I was going to end up leaving. Um, but uh, I have watched them, and obviously in the recruiting process, watched a lot of film. And the Big 12 is on ESPN all the time, so I saw them play. Um, but I just love, uh, I love the way they play. They play together. They play unselfishly. And, it's uh, you know, Coach Beard does a great job teaching guys how to play and what reads to make. And, um, you know, it's, it's pro style. It's NBA style um, offense. And then defensively, they get after it, and, and they compete. And uh, that's something I'm excited about. What are your expectations, uh, just as of right now, going into the season for you guys next year? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously my first season with these guys and my first year at Texas Tech, but our expectations are to compete for a Big 12 championship and then ultimately compete for a national championship. I think it's, I think it's as simple as that. You know, being in the Big Twelve, obviously you mentioned on ESPN all the time. It's one of the mo- it's one of the pre- premier leagues in the nation. Ex- extreme success last year. Uh, what what venues are you excited to travel to? And I also understand uh, on the schedule is a cool game with Duke down in New York, I believe. What venues are you most excited to go play in next season? Yeah, that Duke game will be fun. Um, 
playing at Madison Square Garden, that's something you dream of as, as a hooper. You know, that's the spot you want to play at, um, just a legendary court and arena. But uh, Big 12 is full of really good venues. I'm excited, obviously, to play at Allen Fieldhouse. Um, I, I got to know Kirk Heinrich pretty well uh, this past year and worked out with him um, quite a few times. And he played at Kansas, and uh, he's... Uh, He's told me about how crazy it is down there at Allen Fieldhouse, and that's what I've heard. So, obviously, excited to play Kansas. Uh, heard West Virginia is pretty nuts, and Oklahoma, and, you know, honestly, the whole league. We, we played at TCU last year when I was at South Dakota, and that was a pretty cool venue, too. Um, but, you know, most excited probably about Allen Fieldhouse. And, but, honestly, I'm excited to play at Texas Tech in front of that home crowd there. And their, uh, their fan base is awesome. You know, it's been crazy. I mean, even just coming on this show and talking with you, I can tell that the people around there in Lubbock have uh, have a lot of passion for the game of basketball, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, I can tell you firsthand, Matt, the atmosphere here in Lubbock for y'all's home games next year are going to be special. Just seeing the way they, they transcended over these last two years with Coach Beard has been fun to watch. This is the Keegan Stewart Sports Podcast. We're talking to Matt Mooney, uh, Texas Tech commit, coming over next year, leaving South Dakota as a grad transfer. Matt, I want to transition to your game a little bit, uh, your personal game. Is there a player, maybe in the NBA or past NBA college somewhere, that you could compare your game to? Someone someone who, guys like us here in Lubbock, haven't watched you play a lot. Who, who could we look at and say, okay, th- this style is Matt Mooney? Yeah, you know, um, people have asked me this question before, and uh, it's tough for me because I, I try to model my game. I try to learn from a bunch of different players. You know, I've people have said that I kind of play a little bit like Bradley Beal, um, just in terms of, like, obviously Bradley Beal is a different player, and um, you know, he's in the league. But uh, last year at South Dakota, I was more of a scorer, and I was a playmaker too, but more of a scorer, and... Um, you know, I like the way Bradley Beal plays a lot, and I watch some tape on him. But, you know, I, I'm going to have to play some point, and I'm excited to play some point. And, uh, you know, I, pick, I take pieces from everybody's game. I love I love the way Steph Curry plays, but, it's, you know, not no one can really play like Steph. Um, but I like to shoot, you know, uh, shoot threes in, in transition and shoot them on the break and get the crowd going, and uh, it's a rhythm shot, and, I like the way I like watching Damian Lillard, the way he comes off ball screens and his reads. Um, you know, I, I used to love watching Nash play just the way he, just the way he can. He's really efficient, and you know, uh, just he's not the most athletic or the quickest or the fastest, but can always create separation, create a shot, and so I, I mean, I'm sorry I didn't give you a great answer, but I like to, to watch a lot of different guys and try to emulate. A lot of different guys. No, that's great. The Brad, the Bradley Beal thing's really fascinating to me, man. And and watching some of your stuff, I can see it. I think that's a strong comparison. Let's transition to the NBA a little bit now, Matt. Who who's your all time favorite player, and, and why is that? All time favorite. I would say I have phases. I, when I was little, I like Iverson. Then I was, you know, high school. I love Nash, and now I love watching a guy like Steph Curry. Um, those are my, you know, my favorite players. So uh, right now it's, it's it's Steph, and uh, I just a lot of people, a lot of people don't like Steph. Um, but I, uh, 
I love watching him play, man. Just the confidence he has. Every shot he he takes, you think it's going down. And um, you know, I was pretty upset KD went there because I lo- I really love watching Steph do his thing, and KD takes away from that a little bit. And they're just too good now. But uh, I like Curry a lot, and and Nash and Iverson. You know, I like I like how you mentioned that you're upset that KD went there. And I kind of opened my show before you came on with that. You know, he him choosing to go to the Golden State Warriors really just changed the entire dynamic of the league, right? I mean, for the first time, Matt, I mean, the final start today, might maybe for the first time in our lifetimes, we we kind of already know what's going to happen in, in a way, right? Because of because of the strength of Golden State, Durant, Curry, you know, two MVPs on the same team. And you mentioned you like Steph Curry, so this transitions to, to tonight's game. What what are your thoughts on these finals? Is this going to be quick? What, is there any chance for Cleveland? What what are you thinking going into these? Yeah, I think maybe we'll go five. I think you give LeBron a game. You know, he's just that good. But I think the Warriors are too good. I I think the the Rockets Warriors that was really the final. Um, you know, those are the two best teams in the league all year, and. Uh, um, it's too bad Kyrie got hurt. That would have been fun to see Boston. Boston would have been really good. Kyrie and Hayward, um, you know, it would have been crazy to see how good Boston could have been um, with those young guys and Horford. But I don't think it will be a very good series. I hope it is, but I just don't think it will be. Um, just think the Warriors are, are too good and the Cavs are kind of barely got through the East. Um, but they got LeBron. They do have LeBron, and I tend to lean uh, on the same side with you on that. I don't. I don't think it's going to be a very long series, but I think LeBron could could maybe get one. Staying on the subject of LeBron, Matt, what what do you see him doing this off season? Who's he going to play for next year? Yeah, I actually heard something today that you know Paul had already reached out to him about going to Houston. Right. Um, right. You know, I don't know. We can all speculate, but I don't think anybody really knows what he's going to do. I know he's not, you know, too happy in, in Cleveland, and apparently he he asked that they don't trade Kyrie, then they trade Kyrie, and, you know, obviously this year has been up and down for Cleveland, but they're back in the finals. You know, if they're competitive, you know, maybe he stays in Cleveland, but if not, I think he probably dips. And, you know, I, I could see him going to Houston. I don't really think it'd be logical for him to go to Philly or L.A., but... Um, I don't know, man. You never know. So you're you're the top of the list for you is Houston at this point. Yeah, probably Houston or he'll stay in Cleveland. Gotcha. You know? Uh huh. Matt, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and it's something that I saw um, on your on your Twitter page, Moonswag at Moonswag, um, on your cover photo. It says, in, in Jesus' name I play. And, and I, I, that stood out to me as I'm a man of faith as well. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, about what that means to you and, and how your faith has impacted your, your college basketball journey. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, and that's a part of the reason why uh, I like Texas Tech so much, too, is just because uh, uh, the guys are really good guys and there's other believers down there. And, um, you know, faith, faith is... Uh, only really come into my life a couple of years ago when I got to South Dakota. You know, I started to get a relationship with God, and um, I saw it change my life for the better. And I still struggle, you know, on the daily. But uh, you know, I think we all have different gifts and, and different passions, and 
you know, God gives us all different gifts and passions for a reason. And, um, you know, and he gave me the gift to play the game of basketball to, at this level. So, you know, I play for him and um, just trying to, to live for him every day. And uh, playing basketball is something that he's given me the ability to do. So I'm going to play it in his name, you know. That's awesome, Matt. Really encouraging to hear your testimony there. I want to thank you a lot for joining me on this podcast. Really loved hearing hearing your story, your thoughts, and your insight going into the NBA Finals. Dude, I really look forward to watching you play this next basketball season uh, right down the street here in Lubbock. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. God bless. God bless, man. Have a good one, Matt. That was Matt Mooney, grad transfer from South Dakota, going to be joining Texas Tech this next season uh really really cool to hear from him there i like how you know obviously he's christian he has his you know his faith base um really neat to hear from guys like that on the basketball side of things one of the areas i like that he mentioned you know steph curry was his guy right his his favorite player which isn't too uncommon the tear that curry went on uh three years ago with this with those two mvps one of them the first ever unanimous mvp this guy was transcending the game this guy was doing things that we had never seen, pulling up further than we've ever seen, hitting shots, making the defense pick him up at half court. And his team was getting to the finals. His team was very good. His team was very, very close for going back to back, going back to back there in 16. The Cavs came back from 3 1 and foiled that. But, but Kevin Durant joining them the, the summer after that is just still head-scratching to me. And it's kind of one of the things that I'm thinking about as I'm going through this day, getting ready to watch Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Like, they just did not need Durant. And one of the questions that I, I posed in 2016, the summer it happened, is why, why would Steph Curry recruit Durant? Why would Steph Curry want Durant to come down there and, and join them when what they have is already working and with what they have, the success that they're having, Curry is the forefront. Curry is the head of that snake. He's the, he's the face. He almost took over the face of the NBA from LeBron. He really did. And what Kevin Durant did is, in my humble opinion, he created a giant asterisk that's going to go next to this Golden State Warriors team forever. Say Curry and Durant finish with five rings, six rings, seven rings. We're all going to remember in 20 years, and we're all going to be yelling at the college students doing podcasts, talking like they're the greatest team ever and the, and the best thing that ever happened to basketball. We're going to be yelling at them saying, no, this team was, this team was OP. This team was overpowered. This team was assembled with two MVPs, the best shooter in the league, one of the best defenders in the league, a top coach in the league. It just simply wasn't a matchup. That's what we're going to be remembering. I am suggesting today that if Kevin Durant never went to the Warriors, he could have went anywhere else. If he never went to the Warriors, there would be more parity in the league. What LeBron, what LeBron does this summer is going to be different. If he would have never went to the Warriors, LeBron's decision would be different. Because look, I think LeBron's going to have to join a superpower. LeBron's going to create a superpower this summer. There'd be more parity in the league, and tonight's Game 1 of the NBA Finals will be more interesting. One thing I want to say, if LeBron somehow pulls off this upset tonight, if he gets it done, there is no more argument. 
And I don't just mean tonight, I mean for the series. If LeBron wins this championship, it's unanimous. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever. And if you want to if you want to come argue with me and say Michael Jordan is, you can say that. But I won't argue with you. You know, I say the sky's blue, you say the sky's green. It's no argument. If he gets it done, greatest ever. Game 1, NBA Finals tonight, ABC. 8 Central Time Oracle Arena in Oakland, California. Thanks to Matt Mooney for joining me today. Had a great time. God bless.